0: Good morning. This is the podcast for San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. My name is D. Kelly, and it's a privilege not only to be the pastor of the church, but to be with you as we uh, gather online. We do have services on Sunday morning at 1030 at 3901 Loma Land Drive in the Point Loma area of San Diego. We would love to have you join us for that for our Sunday school hour at 9 programming during the week, particularly on Wednesday night. Uh, we're in the midst of a series um, called Season of Prayer on Wednesday nights at 6:30. We would love to have you join us for any of these things, but if uh, you prefer uh, to continue online, we certainly um, are grateful for your attendance in this as well. Um, we are probably making a bit of a shift in our online presentation. We are attempting to record the entire, Uh, sermon and music on Sunday mornings, and let that be part of the podcast. That transition may happen this week, but I just wanted to forewarn you that that may be the case uh, coming up next week. So um, I would like us to transition now into the message for this morning, our reflection on Psalm 27, and I would love to open with a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that you would guide us through this passage. May it teach us how to move along in our spiritual journey when we face the things we face, wrestle with the circumstances of life, and long for your presence. So be with us as we dig deeper into this passage that we might learn and grow and find ourselves in communion with you in spite of whatever circumstances we face. In thy name we pray. Amen. As I said, the passage is Psalm 27, and so I'd love to read the psalm for us this morning. Beginning with verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, My heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek the Lord in the temple. For in the day of trouble, the Lord will keep me safe in his dwelling. The Lord will hide me in the shelter of the tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And in the tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I cry, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek your face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I'd like to just jump into this right at the beginning. Where the psalmist opens with the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When we think of our context versus the context of the audience to whom um, would, uh, the group that would be reading this when uh, we believe David wrote it, a psalm or song he may have written for himself but then shared with others. The context we're in is so much different. We have, at least at some level, controlled our environment so that we can have light just about any time we want it. That's certainly not true of the ancient world. There were three lights. There was the sun by day, the moon by night, and then in the homes there would often be um, candlelight. um, Light that could provide some light in a room. But when you think of a single candle It doesn't provide the kind of light we expect when we can turn on lights any time of the day. We can lighten darkened rooms. But then the notion of God being the light in the midst of darkness, it's tough for us to fully comprehend what it feels like when darkness settles in. Some of those who have been the recipients of the onslaught in Ukraine Have commented in their interviews about how dark it is at night with the electricity shut off, the inability to have anything that lights up a room, that it just feels like utter darkness. Into those kinds of spaces is what is written by the psalmist The Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Seems like our fears escalate when it gets dark, when night falls, and we can't see what's out in front of us, we can't see what's ahead, we can't see what's around. Fear begins to settle in as our mind plays games with us of what could be out there. But in the midst of this, we are assured that the Lord is our light. Well, let's look at the psalm as a whole. There are some who say this is actually a coming together of two psalms Psalm 1 through 6, which tends to be um, a psalm that has some thanksgiving components to it, but also a petition to God. And then Psalm 7 through 14, which tends to have the characteristics of a lament. And so this psalm, put together possibly from two different songs, really is a song of lament. We don't talk about that very often. We don't spend much time um, in lament or understanding the nature of lament. There are so many psalms that are of this nature. And they contain particular components to them. Components we'll get to in just a moment. But we need to keep in mind that there is always a story writer behind the song. And in this case, we believe that the psalm was written by David. And out of David's experience comes these cries. And when you listen to the cries, you realize that David lived a life of peril. He was pursued by um, many different entities. Early on, he was pursued by Saul. Saul, believing that David was a threat to his uh, kingship, and in fact he was, um, but David didn't have any um, intent uh, to create such uh, animosity between the two of them. Saul just created in his mind so many different fears and came after David and sought to kill him. After David became the king, There were other kingdoms that sought to overthrow David. His life was often in peril. And so when we listen to the things that David says in the midst of peril, we realize that there are some unusual components. There are moments of praise. In the midst of fear, there's hope. In the midst of, at times, in some of the Psalms, sadness, there's a sense of gratitude. These mixtures are part of what define us as being human. They are part of what um, we come to realize is is the human condition and the human joy that we often hold on to very different um, emotional pieces. And to acknowledge that is just to simply acknowledge our humanity. We're not a walking contradiction, we are human. We can have both peril and praise, uncertainty or fear and hope, great sadness and gratitude. Well, I mentioned that this is a psalm of lament. There are some who try and identify the typical components of a lament, and we find them in this particular psalm. There are five that are often referenced. One is, or often led with, an invocation. An invocation basically meaning that the one who is lamenting asks God to listen. Sometimes we will talk about the assurance that God hears everything, that God pays attention all of the time. And I believe that is true. But if we're being honest about our emotions, it sometimes seems that God is silent. And sometimes God's silence is deafening. It is as if God has not revealed God's presence for a long period of time. It feels like peace has begun to disappear. It feels like circumstances are so much bigger than my hope. That the needs sometimes outweigh a value system. Invocation is us acknowledging, Oh God, will you please listen? Because it seems like you're a far way off. After invocation, typically comes the complaint, honesty before God. Here's the problem, Lord. The first part, please listen. And if you're listening, Lord, and haven't been paying attention, let me remind you of the problems I'm facing. It can be an articulation of circumstances. It can also be an articulation of um, feeling alone feeling abandoned feeling betrayed here's the problem or it could be specifically about certain circumstances i see no way around this lord i'm in financial crisis i'm in physical suffering what are the, what are the circumstances what is the problem and then there's typically a petition and and My perspective, it's where we say, if I were in your shoes, this is what I think would be a good plan. Just being honest and saying, here's what I'd like to see happen. If the universe revolved around me, I think this is what I'd do, Lord. There's certainly an acknowledgement that the universe doesn't revolve around me. But if I'm leaning into the love that I believe God has for me and us, then I am free to bring my petitions and say, this is what I'd love to see happen. In the midst of not yet having answers, there are two more components that typically comprise the lament to the Jewish people, and I would propose should be part of our lament as well. The first is a statement regarding trust. It is, here's my complaint, here's my petition, But Lord, here's my trust. I'm confident in you. I trust you. I believe that you are who you say you are. And this is where we typically have the Jewish people looking back in their past and quoting or identifying a way in which God has provided in the past, a way in which God has given provisions to bring about God's purposes, the God of salvation, the God of freedom from slavery, the, the God of hope, the God who brought us up out of Egypt, the God who took us to the promised land, the God who provided for me at the beginning of my marriage, the God who came to me and touched my heart as a teenager, the God who helped me to survive the most recent crisis that I've come through. This is the reminder of my past that helps me walk into the future. It is the source of where we get our value as a church that we want to walk backwards into the future. We borrow that from a Jewish maxim. And we find it here in this psalm where at the beginning of verse um, 8 we find My heart says of you, seek your face, your face, Lord, I will seek. The face was viewed as a way by which we see the presence or the essence of an individual. And to seek God's face is to move into God's presence. And when we looked at Psalm 16 at the very end where it talks about the pathway of life, where I find joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand, This notion of walking a pathway while walking facing God's face is the imagery of walking backwards into our future. It is the face of God we seek. And when we do that, we are reminded of what God has done in the past. And in so doing, it gives us hope for the future. Now, we hold these things together, the difficulties and the trust. And sometimes it just feels like we're slogging through the mess. The journeys become hard. The difficult times that, again, the people of Ukraine face as they are working hard to defend their land, their place of belonging and being, And as the days and weeks pass, it just feels like they're slogging through the morass and nothing's coming to pass. Sure, some small victories, but then often followed by some difficult times. I don't hear them use the word defeat, but certainly setbacks in a much smaller scale. It reminds me of a trip that I've referenced in the past. I took off a day after VBS a number of years ago and flew up to Portland, got a rental car, crossed over into Washington, met up with some friends. And before the sun rose, we headed out to do some hiking and climbing. We started right as the sun was rising and went through these beautiful pine forests. And eventually, as we continued the climb and the hike, we started to get past the tree line. It was overcast. wasn't a bright sunny day. And as we got past the tree line and kept climbing, it felt like we were walking into the clouds. The clouds that seemed much higher seemed to settle lower as we climbed higher. And then in a moment that was shocking, we actually came through the clouds on the other side. And you could see off in the distance other snow-capped peaks Beautiful peaks off in the distance, probably five around me that I saw, snow-capped, with the sun shining down on all of them because we were above the cloud line now. But this last one-fourth to one-third of the hike was the most difficult of all. This was the hike up Mount St. Helens, and years before, some of you may remember, This mountain exploded or this volcano exploded and blew out the side of the mountain. We were hiking up the rim side that took us a little higher. I could see where we were headed, but we had suddenly entered into this huge, large swath of lava gravel. Now, I've been on hard lava before that forms into solid uh, rocks that you can get good footing on. And I've seen some of the ash that comes out of volcanic explosions. This was neither. There wasn't an ashiness to it, and there wasn't a hardness to it. These were like small lava pebbles. Maybe a combination of lava and rock, I'm not sure. But it was trying like trying to climb a, a mound of loose gravel. And if you've ever tried to do that, it's hard to get your footing It it was a hard, hard, difficult climb, exhausting, not just physically, having to climb kind of sideways so your feet could get more traction, so they didn't dig in so much and slip side down, but gave you the, the length of your foot to try and get some traction as you went up sideways. But very often you'd take a step and the gravel would just move out from underneath you and there were times where I slid back further than I had climbed. It was frustrating. You'd try to go off to the side to try and get more traction, but this gravel was everywhere. Maybe three steps up, two steps back. It was an exhausting slog, as I said, not just physically, But mentally as well, you'd feel like you make a little progress and then lose ground. It didn't seem like the future was going to find you at the top of this gravel pile at the rim of the volcano. Time passed, little progress, just kept working at it. It feels like in some ways this is what's being described in this Psalm 27. A psalm that speaks about others advancing against me, enemies and foes attacking me, an army besieging me, war breaking out against me. It is a difficult journey. One that just seems like I am dragging myself through. It leaves one exhausted, sometimes in despair, feeling oppressed, feeling overwhelmed. It's in the midst of this that the psalmist offers an expression of trust. God, you've gotten me through before. I trust you're going to get me through again. And then comes a component of laments. A component that is in some ways difficult to understand. Typically at the end of a psalm of lament is a word of praise. A word of hope. It's not based on circumstances. Doesn't seem to be based on the fact that God has taken any action simply based on the proclamation of trust. In one part of this psalm, David says, I will sing and make music to the Lord. He says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There is an honoring of God in the midst of the circumstances not having yet changed. I think this is God's grace to us. I don't know that this praise comes naturally. Just as I don't believe that God's salvation comes by anything that we have merited. An acknowledgement of God extending love to us when we've done nothing to deserve that love. When our sinfulness and disobedience has left us in a place of separation, God reaches out and says, I love you. You are my child, I am yours. That unmerited favor of grace is the characteristic of God. And in the midst of the most difficult circumstances, the psalmist invites us to reflect God's grace by offering a praise before God has done anything that we can see visibly or hear visibly, that changes our circumstances. It's a step into this place of trust and a reflection of what God does for us to say, and O Lord, I will praise you. This is the invitation into lament. It is to simultaneously say, this is hard Lord, I'm struggling. It seems unfair, it seems unjust, I don't know where to turn. And yet, you are my God who has redeemed in the past, offers unmerited grace, given me salvation. I will lift my voice to you and praise your name. So, this morning, I invite you into your own lament. It may be a lament on behalf of others, on behalf of circumstances of people you love, those who have passed and have left a deep hole of sorrow and pain, those on the other side of the globe for whom you have had their story come into your living room this week from the country of Ukraine. Maybe it's your own circumstances where you ask God, please listen, Here's what the problem is. And if I were in your shoes, here's how I'd fix it. But Lord, I will trust in you and I will praise you. Let's pray. Lord, we offer up our prayers this morning in lament. Painful as circumstances are. And as, distance, as distant as you sometimes feel, we ask this morning that you hear our heart. Listen to our plea. Be tolerant of our limited eyesight. All we can see right, right now, Lord, are the circumstances in front of us. So we lift them up to you. And we tell you, Here's the problem, we're hurting. Our comrades are hurting. Our children are hurting. Our parents are hurting. We don't know what to do because the problems seem bigger than what we can do. If we knew what to do, Lord, we'd do it. If we had the resources, we'd use them. But we are at a place where we are uncertain longing for help into this place we remember that you have provided in the past time and again and we place our trust in you and lord though at moments it seems incongruent to offer a praise when we are saying where are you lord It also seems totally incongruent that you offer grace in the midst of our disobedience. So likewise, we offer our praise and say thank you. Glory be to you, our God, our Creator, our Redeemer. Glory be to you in whatever timing and way you choose to intervene and interact. For you are our God. You are our Creator. You see things we don't see. But Lord, hear our heart, know our plight, and be present with us, we pray. Amen. Whatever your circumstances or the concerns you have for other people's circumstances, may you, in the midst of your lament, begin to sense God's presence moving into the circumstances of your life and God's peace into the very center of your heart. May we lift one another up this week. Pray for those in need. Care for not only the community of which we are a part, but the global community of which we are a part as well. May God's grace go with you. May God's love be in you.